Welcome back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Brundy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I'm definitely doing better after uh, after Tampa's win today over Vancouver. Did yeah, not want to nice go team go down one to four. Why? Dude, join join the club. Join the club of the bottom feeders. No, it's gonna it's gonna There's be a bit while longer since Tampa until Tampa's back down there. Yeah, you you're gonna yeah, they're in a good position for the next little bit, so they don't have to, to worry about any of that. Um one thing I will say, because it's it's on my mind, because I'm already talking about how San Jose sucks, because they do. Like but so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how their schedule starts, okay? Like okay. for this season, what their schedule was. So they start um, the season off with a four-game um, homestand. So they get so they get, they get to start off the season at home. First four games. That sounds pretty pretty good. Yeah. But then when you really look into it, so this is the very first um, NHL team that this has ever happened to. So their first game is up is against uh, the Golden Knights. So. Yeah. Not not only are they the current Stanley Cup champs, but they're the Pacific Division winner from last year. Second game, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, won the Stanley Cup two years ago. They won the Central Division last year. Right. Their third game, they play against the Carolina Hurricanes, who won the Metropolitan Division last year. And then tonight they played the President's Trophy winning, Atlantic Division winning, Boston Bruins. So oh. all of their first games at home are against teams that won their division last year. And then one obviously winning the President's Trophy and the other one winning the Stanley Cup. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty tough start at home to have those four teams all, yeah. all roll in. So... I mean, they they managed to scrape away with one point out of a possible eight. Um, that one point only being because Mackenzie Blackwood was uh, just playing out of his mind Absolutely against unreal. Colorado. Yeah. And I firmly believe now after watching um, him play, I'm not looking into that Carolina game because uh, a lot of the goals weren't even his fault that happened. Yeah. Um, but if if what we got from at least eighty percent of what we got from Mackenzie Blackwood in that Colorado game, I think he can definitely uh, restart his career over there in San Jose. And whether that's you know continuing with San Jose or eventually winding up another team, I think if he can play consistently at that level and stay healthy, which is the biggest issue with him, I think he could have completely. Uh, can turn his career around and get back to being that, you know, big name goalie that that everybody kind of thought he was going to be when he first came into the league with the Devils. Yeah, that he was absolutely insane in that game. And like, even if even if he can just do that every fifth game and be pretty good yeah. most nights, like that's all you need. Like, because mm-hmm. like there's so few goalies who can do have a performance like that night in night out but 
not a lot of goalies in the league can ever do that. So, yeah, I think he. I don't. I don't know what he 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 set some kind of record. I don't know if it was like most saves in a first start with a team or something like that. But yeah, he, in, he a, sets, in a first game with a new team. I, think I guess that's what it was. So I mean, like he's already breaking records and whatnot. So. And even if, if, even if, you know, because odds are sounds is going to finish at the bottom of the league, like that's um, kind of inevitable. Like it, they're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. But I think as long as they can come out of this season, and I mean, in terms of the forwards, like you kind of know what you're going to be rolling with for the most part, just in terms of the guys that you have right now. And then already those good forward prospects that you have either playing this year's rookies or coming up. I think they're fine there, but if they can come out of this season and know what they have on defense, um, more so in terms of the prospects they got, because they do have a couple guys that I think could be really good for them. And then if they know what their goaltending situation even looks like just a little bit, I think that goes a long way for them in helping them uh, figure out how they're going to shape their their future over the next couple of years. So. It it could be could be a good sign with the way Blackwood's playing, but it's also only the first week and a half of the season. Speaking of that, let's overreact to stuff. Let's overreact right. to the start of the season All right. and act like the sky is falling. All right. So my first thing with uh, overreacting to it is I want to know which did you put more money down for? Austin Matthews winning the Rocket. Or Victor Hedman winning the Norris? Uh, it would have been on Matthews for the Rocket. Because though both of them have been playing absolutely unreal. Matthews with back-to-back hat tricks to start the yeah. season. Yeah. I saw a stat the other day that it's happened five times in NHL history. Back-to-back hat tricks to open a season. One of the other times was Ovechkin in either... 2017 or 2018 and no i think, all... I think ov did it was it ov was like in 2014 or 16 or something oh, okay it was, it was a little more recent all three of the other ones all happened in like the same year i think it was 1917 it was like one of the yeah. first years of the league also which i mean that, that's incredible for matthews no doubt but just while you mentioned it of back-to-backs and you brought up Ovechkin um so who did they uh um, the second the game Washington was against Capitals. the Senators so they their second game was against the Flames and then their third game of the season was against uh the Senators and so between those two games it was the first time ever in Alex Ovechkin's career that he went two games in a row without recording a single shot on goal, which is pretty crazy, honestly. Like, that's a wild stat, but it, it makes is, a lot of sense, you know. He's not it, he's yeah. a he's a volume shooter. But that's the thing, though, is like everybody's like like making a. Uh, like, it's just crazy to think about because there's so many times where it's just like, it's hard to get a shot on that consistently and to do that over the course of a thousand games and doing it every game or what, well, I mean, pretty much every game for Ovechkin. 
Um, and then even if he went one game, you know, without a shot on goal, the next game he would probably put up five or six or something. It's yeah. just it, that that's crazy to think more so that the fact that it that it happened that he went two games. It's I'm it's I think it's just more impressive of how long he's played in the league, uh, and the fact that he's Matt, he's never gone two games in a row without a single shot yeah. on goal. That's just. But he, he he hasn't looked great to start this season, though, I will say. No, I was going to say, a lot of people are looking at this stat and going, man, is this the end of Ovechkin? If you're going to think no, that at all, it would so. be because you watched the Flames game and you watched the Senators game. Because yeah. uh, among with his line mates, he's not the only one, but they did not look good at all in either of those The teams. team as a whole. Like, it's the team as a whole that just doesn't look like I already see people like plugging it in and they're like i don't think ovechkin's like the, the consensus around the league and everybody was kind of ovechkin's probably gonna pass gretzky like oh, it's just yeah. a matter For 90% of 90 percent of people it's a when not, not an if. if exactly and now a lot of people are starting to be like well i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna pass gretzky like he might come up short and it's like what just because he had two bad games at the start of the season like, what was it? Was it? It wasn't last year. Was it the year before? Ovechkin only had like two goals in the first like 12 games or something of the season. And he still ended up, I think, putting up 40 by the end. Yeah. Like, it's just like that. They're going to get it going there eventually. It's, it's a new coach. Uh, just a lot of new guys have come in. Like, it, it's not nowhere near the same team it was when they won the cup which is actually is kind of a little while ago now, but I don't know. I, th- I think for people to just think that, you know, Ovechkin's just fallen off a cliff like this one, like it's, it's a start of the season. It's a new kind of era for Washington. Like it's just a few kinks got to get figured. Like I think Ovechkin's still easily putting up 35 plus goals. He's honestly probably still going to get to 40. Yeah. Um, and by the and, end of the you season, know, a lot so. of people, it's bringing eyes on him and people are going, man, he looks bad out there. And honestly, the last two or three years, he hasn't looked great. He's still got the insane shot. He hasn't lost that at all. But he's got the physical you know, ability. He's not skating around as much. He's not playing as much defense. Like, he's definitely not at the point where he's a liability at, by any means. But yeah, no, he's he's already regressed some. Um, but. Even if he continues regressing, uh, I still think he breaks the record. Like, there's yeah. always going to be a team in the league, unless he is a true, like, really bad liability. There's always going to be a team, especially the Capitals, that will bring him back. Like, even if he score in f- 10 goals a year, then he'll just play for eight more years and break the record. Like, the Capitals will it. hold on to him as long as he wants to be there. Yeah. Like if at a point in time Ovechkin's like, hey, you know what? They, like let's like I, the Capitals aren't winning another cup with him. Like with with the state of the team, yeah. like they're not. And so oh. if at one point he's like, you know what, I want to be traded and go try and win a cup somewhere else, they'll gladly trade him. And then if he wants to stick around with whatever team he goes to, like they'll bring him back because like to have Ovechkin, who you know can be a staple on your power play and even at the age he's getting to, even if he's a third line guy, like he's, he's always, teams are always going to want him as long as he wants to keep playing until you get into that, you know, that, that he, he can at least still have another 
five or six years. So there's, yeah, and- there's, there's nothing to worry about with that. It's just a two bad games out of how many in his career. Yeah. I, I think a large thing, just people thinking that he's not going to break the record. Like if he wants it, he's He's going to get it there. It's, he's not going to be out of a job in the NHL soon enough to not break the record. And he's, exactly. He's been very vocal about he's, he wants it. And he did yeah. say a couple days ago that he's trying to focus more on making the playoffs than the record. But, you know, we'll, uh, maybe we'll see if his assist uh, or his point or uh, plus minus climb a little bit then this year. Cause uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I have seen a lot of Capitals fans that are a little disappointed because, you know, they like watching Ovi, but they're like, we really just need to go for the rebuild. They need to stop building up just a a halfway decent team for him to score with uh, instead of just going for a full rebuild. Well, and and that's a thing, right? And that's kind of the thing that eventually it's going to come down to is... You, you can't be a rebuilding team if you've still got a guy like Ovechkin on your team. Because just in terms of him, the caliber of player he is and what he brings, like you can't be a bottom of, uh, of, of the league team. It's the exact same with the Sharks, where with Eric Carlson, the way he played last year, they realized, like, okay, we can't be a rebuilding team and do this with him here. Because Carlson single-handedly pulled San Jose out of being by far the worst team in the league last yeah. year and so with Ovechkin then it really comes down to you know do you move on from him sooner rather than later and start that rebuild or do you see it through to the end with him and if he wants to play out his whole career there you let him and do you keep him there so he can break the record as a part of the Capitals and not you know be at one point become a deadline acquisition for say like a Minnesota and then he goes and scores in Minnesota as a part of the wild to break the record. Like it just, it doesn't seem right. Like if he's breaking the record, I think he has to do it in a, in a capitals jersey. And and again, like that's, that's just a thing that they're going to have to decide is at what point do you kind of start this rebuild that they have to go through and find that next Ovechkin type of uh, player. And then, so it's a tough position for him to be in. I imagine they're just holding off until he breaks the record. And then once he's broke the record, they should immediately start the rebuild. Yeah. And I, and I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think, you know, Ovechkin has just been that, that poster child for them ever since he's, you know, came into the league. Uh, he's done tremendous things for that organization. I mean, brought him a cup. Um, so I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if they, the rebuild gets set back, one or two years because you keep over around to break the record. I think the capitals are, are fine doing that sucks for the capitals fans that will have to endure the, the pain of being in a rebuild for quite a while, but you also get to witness OV uh, break the record in a caps Jersey and have that farewell tour with them. So yeah, pros and cons pros and cons. Um, uh, past that, do you have uh, do you have any other major yeah, reactions to anything that you can that sticks out to you? Yeah, I had something that was. I'm just I'm looking for, um, because uh, what was it? 
shit. I will find it because I I remember and I was like, it's not an overreaction, but it's um okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I know this obviously because I I know quite a few people that like this team, but it's the Edmonton Oilers. Woohoo! Um. A big thing for me, I think, is just on the fact alone of the goaltending. And that's that's been an issue with them for quite a while. It started to look like last year was maybe getting better. And again, it's only, uh, you know, for them four games into the season. Not a big issue, but I think it's just a matter of the fact of when you spend, like... The the entirety of the offseason surrounding the Oilers was goaltending. You know, it, it seemed like everything was fine now with their forward core. They've, you know, got the studs up up front with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, and then the depth has never looked better with those two superstars on that team. Their defense is starting to get filled out. You know, Bouchard's come up and uh, has, has been a big addition on the blue line for them. You bring in Matthias Ekholm. Uh, and Broberg even coming up, like it started to fill out nicely for them. And all yeah. offseason was just the goaltending. Can Jack Campbell bounce back? Can Stuart Skinner continue on and build on what he did last year? And that was the whole focus of everything around the Oilers all offseason. And when the season starts and all those worries are immediately like right there, it's like, it's like, holy shit, like, and now if you run into a position now where Jack Campbell can't bounce back, you know, Stuart Skinner goes through that sophomore slump that we see players have. All of a sudden it's like, what do you do now? Because Jack Campbell's not movable. Stuart Skinner, I mean, he, he is a guy that you, you could easily move in and bring in a, an upgrade in the goal position. But if you're the Oilers, do you really want to do that and give up on Skinner already? Like it's, it's just worrisome when, uh, and and I, I'm not going to list off their stats. Like, if anyone wants to, they can go look at them. Like, they're not great. Um, but it's just worrisome. And that's your whole biggest fear going into the season surrounding a team that, from what we said, we thought they were going to be up near uh, the top. I think one of us, I think you, was it you that had them picked to win the cup? Uh, uh, yeah, I had them picked to win yeah. the cup. They were like my, to my alternate have... pick if Tampa doesn't. Yeah, and I have Jay Woodcroft winning the the Jack Adams, and it's like they're already starting off one and three. They just got slapped around by the Flyers of all teams, and the goaltending just hasn't been there. So it's it's an area to worry about. I I would still give it a bit more time, but you know, if, yeah, if we're talking, it's been here five and, games for them. Yeah, if we're sitting here talking in a month's time, and this is still a concern, then you're starting to get to the point of. Like you gotta, you gotta make a move or figure something out because if you try and beat through this process and be like, oh, they'll it'll turn around, it'll turn around, and you drop say, you know, ten or twelve of your first sixteen to eighteen games, you're at such a disadvantage. You're trying to play catch up all season long to the point where you have to go, you know, win win three, lose one, win four, lose one type of thing to to get back into that playoff mix. So uh, not not a major issue, but overreaction. But I don't think um, it's out of the realm that we're still talking about this issue in a month's time. 
Yeah, and uh, for anyone wondering, I got their stats pulled up here. Uh, Jack Campbell's They're played three games. Stuart Skinner's played two. Uh, a 902 for Jack Campbell, a 750 for Stuart Skinner in those two games. Like, yeah, it's it's not good. The the 902 is fine, and I mean that out of three games, like that could go well, up or down you, easily. But 750 is that's that's rough. You, and you obviously, gotta, you I assume he was in for the Vancouver game where they got shelled. But uh, they, they were both of them played. About, I think, have, uh, bo- both of them ended up letting in four goals apiece. Mm. I don't know what the saves are in that Canucks game, but I do know that the two of them each um, allowed half. Yeah, I, I wonder if they, if this keeps going on, if they'll need to, in a month or two, go out and get a goaltender that they can really trust. Like, you can, you can go out and get a decent goalie, but, like, if they go out and get, like, a top tier goalie like you know you send Stuart yeah. Skinner a first and Dylan Holloway to Nashville for UC Soros or something like that right like try and make a big trade yeah. unfortunately for them uh, Hellebuck just extended with well, Winnipeg so he's off the market reported to have interest in Gibson in, in the past so I, I think I don't think Gibson is anywhere close to what uh people are saying he is like, I still see people saying he's a top 10 goal in the league. Like he's not. Um, but I think he's one of those guys, even where if you put him on that Oilers team, you can still easily win a cup with him. Like I view Gibson going to the Oilers, very similar to like, uh, like an Aiden Hill with Vegas where yeah. by no means are they an elite goalie or anything, but they are at least solid enough with that team in front of them, that, that they can go all the way, which is exactly what the Oilers need. They just need a goalie that can... It, as get bad you those as those timely sounds, saves. Yeah, just get by with the players in front of them because the goalies are have hurt this team for a long time. And we saw last year the way that the Oilers could play when, when Skinner was balling out. And when they have a confident goalie in the net, who is confident in himself and how he's playing, that Oilers team can run the table with anyone. But when you've got that goalie that is just letting in weak goals, they're not making those timely saves and then or letting in the early ones or something. Like it just it brings the team down. It doesn't let the Oilers uh play the way that that they should be and the way that makes them successful. Yeah. And it's a rough spot for Stuart Skinner, especially because, you know, last year was his rookie year and he's definitely going to be a starter, I think, in the NHL. It's just he needs to keep developing, keep getting better. And Edmonton needs to win like ASAP. They need to win yeah. in the next one, two, maybe three years. The, the window and, is is closed. It, well, I wouldn't say it's closing, but it's not going to be as open as it is now because in a couple of years, you've got to resign McDavid. He's going to get a raise. Drysaddle going to get a raise. Uh, Bouchard on that power play, like he's going to get a massive raise. Like, and there's no guarantee those guys come now. back either. If yeah. McDavid, if McDavid goes out in the first or second round, you know, because I think Drysaddle's up one year before him. If Drysaddle ends up leaving, then why on earth would McDavid stay? Yeah. 
And then if you're dry saddle and you sign, and then all of a sudden McDavid just leaves, then you're like, well, shit, now I've just committed here long term, and McDavid doesn't want to be here. So I like, yeah, it's it's just like, I I, I don't know me personally like. If I'm the why not even almost take a chance on signing a guy like Braden Holpe if he can still play? Like, I, I can't figure out. I don't know if it's Holpe doesn't want to play anymore. I, I don't really know what's going on with him, but I still just can't fathom how he's, you know, the star goalie of the Capitals and whatnot. In a couple of years, all of a sudden, boom, like out of the league. Like, I think he just had a few injuries and he just, his numbers, he fell off so hard. I don't know if he was just a he flash just in the pan because he shit really seemed to leave. Spot. He just got put in a shit situation with the Canucks and then, uh, you know, got sent to Dallas and was kind of just used as a backup here and there. Like he, he just, he never, once he left Washington, he was just, he was never a starter again. He was never the guy. And I think his confidence just kind of went away. So, but I mean, if if the Oilers aren't going to make a trade or anything, like it wouldn't even hurt to try taking a chance on a on a guy like Holtby or something, and and see if because you got to have something click eventually. Yeah, like I know it's the start of an eighty-two game season, but it was like I was like I said, you you can't go through the first twenty games and hope that things work out because if you put yourself in such a hole to start the season, it's so tough to climb back out of that especially with how competitive I think um, the West will be throughout, you know, kind of the top teams at least. And then if you're squeaking into a wildcard spot, you've just got an uphill battle all the way through the playoffs. So. Yeah, absolutely. You you can't, you know, I know um, I was seeing a lot of people online were actually making fun of it because uh, during the, I believe it was Buffalo Tampa game. The announcers were really pushing that, uh, you know, these are the games that really matter in April when people when teams are fighting for a playoff spot. And I know a lot of people were were going like, yeah, no, this is game three and game four. It's whatever. But these games, you you win them, you get two points. The same as a game in March or April. Like every game is equally as important. Obviously, you know when it's more important later on, but you got to you got to put some wins together. I think within the first uh, 10 games or something last year, the Sharks already had two overtime losses in those games. They ended up, you know, one or two points away from finishing in that third spot and maybe getting Bedard. Like it's those games can have such an impact down the line. Like, again, like it's like, yeah, it's an 82 game season, but with how competitive the league is now, like every game does matter. Like, yeah. even though it's the start of the season, it's, you know, you go on a six or seven game losing streak, eight game losing streak at the start of the season. It's like, oh, it's the start. We can rally. It's like you put yourself in, you know, a, a 10, 12, 14 point uh, hole behind some teams. That's tough to catch, even with 60 games remaining. Yeah. So and it's just more confidence for the players when they're playing good. They're near the top. They're they're just having fun. Like it's it's not fun for players and it's not easy constantly being like, you know, we gotta go and win because look how far back we are. Like we gotta start making the climb and then every loss is like shit, now we're two points back further. And then it it just it 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 
it's just tough like that. Like it, it does end up putting a lot on the players and it does affect them more, I think personally than uh, what others may think, but it's just easier when you're winning, having fun, top of the standings, like you're kind of on cruise control type of thing. Yeah, you get that you get that bit of a nest egg in there and you you know that if you lose three games in a row, you're not out of a playoff spot yet like that. Just don't it, take it to the level of Boston last year though. Yeah. I think Boston was just a little bit too comfortable. They were on cloud 9 for a little bit too long. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of I kept expecting them to drop down and they just they just fucking wouldn't, man. They wouldn't know. Like right they, right they up till no, the end of the year. No intention of stopping. Um, but anyways, aside from from the Oilers now, because I'm sure that's honestly probably something we're gonna come back to um in the in the near future here. Um what else? Do you have any more overreactions from from the start of the season here? Uh, not, not particularly. I don't think any teams have really have been, uh, sorry. Okay. never mind. Okay. I have some, <laughs> I have some. Oh, I thought, I thought you were telling me that I was like avoiding something. No, I, so I, I have two things. Okay. Um, the, the first one is just, I just thought it was kind of cool to me in a little bit, like just crazy to, to highlight how um, vastly different some teams are in certain positions. So um, what's the best way to do it? So what was it? So the Vegas Golden Knights. So they won the cup last year, which sucks. Boo, boo, boo. Um, <laughs> and so they set, well, they've actually now set two NHL records. So the, I think, or not, well, they're the first team since whenever like long, long ago to be the defending cup champs and start the following season out um, five and oh, which yay for them. Like who gives a shit, right? But they're also, uh, they're the first team ever to bring back 20 of the 21 players they had, um, like their skaters, from their cup winning team. So they didn't the lose only, basically anybody. The, the only subtraction being the guy who got the Stanley Cup um, winning goal in Riley Smith, who they traded to Pittsburgh. Wow. And so this just clicked in my mind because I was just, I was watching the, the, the San Jose Boston game tonight. And the San Jose Sharks, from the time they played their most recent game against Boston last year to the game today, only four remaining players um, were active from that, uh, that past Bruins game to this one. Which is pretty crazy. And it kind of shows a lot now in this league is like, when you're a winning team like Vegas, you're you're keeping the same crew you're rolling through. Whereas San Jose, it's like it's a completely different team from top to bottom now. Yeah, uh, in the span of you know eight nine months type of thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I, I didn't realize it until have that kind of turnover. Uh, 
buddy Jack Edwards pointed it out and I was like, damn. And then he continued to mispronounce everyone's name wrong and uh someone on purpose too. Someone I think it was Bank tried to uh stand up Lucic when he skated with the puck and Lucic didn't get knocked down. LeBanc just kind of bounced right off him. And then he said, Lucic just stole his lunch money. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, he tried to hit Lucic and took the puck away from him. Like, it, it was, I thought it was just, I don't know. Jack Edwards is just a very, it's tough listening to those games. It got it noticeably worse last on. year. Um, it, he just started like, about slurring his speech years. and stuff. He's starting, he's, Starting to have his age show. Like, personally, I didn't like him before because of the way he went about being a homer. But He's such you know, a homer, man. But I don't know bad. if you shouldn't necessarily lose your job over that as much as I don't like him. But, like, just his actual quality of broadcasting has gone down. Like, I don't know if he's got health issues or if it's just age catching up with him. But uh, it's it's weird to watch their broadcasts now. Well, that's thing is, so I know a lot of people, um, and we're not going to dive into the whole of him getting removed type of thing, but with Don Cherry, before what happened happened with him, a lot of people just wanted him gone because they were like, hey, like, it's unprofessional. Like, he just, he, he can't pronounce guys' names, right? It doesn't even seem like he's trying, like, and it's like, okay, what, well, what about with Jack Edwards? Like, he he's just very clearly, like, just... I mean, he's still the same Homer, you know, beat off the Bruins type of guy that he's always been. But again, at what point do we start being like, okay, like he's not able to fully focus on calling the games. He can't get players' names right. Like, at what point is it like, okay, now maybe he needs to. Like, he sounds going half the time. Yeah, honestly, he does. And like, maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe like, well, we're not going to dive into that. Um, Yeah. But like, yeah, like it's, it's just, at some point it's got to be like, Hey, so where's the line? And like, cause he's calling a game from start to finish. You know, it's not a, a five, seven, eight minute segment between uh, periods of a game once or twice a week type of thing. Like it's, he's doing it all season long. And if he can't do that, especially when you're getting to the point now where, you know, with sports net and, and whatnot, it's like, you don't get your luxury of picking what feed you get that feed. Like it's, I was rattled when I turned on like, Hey, you know what? It's a, it's an eight thirty game art time here in San Jose. Like it, it should be the sharks announcers, but then it's always Boston because they're an original six team. They're a big market. So they want to have yeah. their, their stream being the one getting all the attention. And it's like, when you've got that guy doing it, it's like, you, you, I, I, for bits and pieces of the game, I just had to mute it because I was just like, man, like, it's just, it's so tough to listen to. And it's better off just watching it and not having to have them rant about random things while the play is going on and mispronouncing stuff and um, all yeah. that. So. It's not, it's not like it happens once or twice. Like, you know, guys are allowed to mispronounce a thing. Guys are allowed to, you know, stumble a bit. It's because it's consistent. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, And, you know, I mean, I dislike him originally just because, I mean, 
he's just a huge homer and doesn't give any respect or credit to the other teams. But I mean, if you're a Boston fan, like that's sick. Like that's that's awesome because you're you're excited to get the Boston feed because you know you're gonna get good calls from your announcer and whatnot. He makes it fun for Bruins fans. But it, it's just as an outside fan for any other team in the league or as a hockey spectator, it's like everybody's got that collective kind of sense of like I, we don't we're done with him. So yeah. There, there's the a couple stuff. announcers in the league that have perfected being a bit of a homer, so it's a little extra for the home team fans listening, but, like, other fans are still completely fine listening to you, and, like, like some of them around the league are, like, a little bit homerish, but they're not... It doesn't get in the way of anything. Uh, personally, I think Tampa's announced team does a decent job of that. Uh, I think Seattle's does a great job of that. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple around the league. Uh, Han with watched... San Jose, I'll say he's very good at being 100% fair to both teams. Like he, you can, you, it almost kind of seems like, uh, if you're just a person watching, it seems like it's just kind of like a neutral announcer, except for the fact that Randy Hahn loves using players' nicknames. And so all the players, all the guys who have good nicknames on the Sharks, he like uses them so often, which again, mm. that's just something that makes it very fun for Sharks fans, but it's not to the point where he's like, you know, ragging on the other team or acting like the Sharks are the greatest or anything like he still calls it fair and even both ways. He just adds a little uh, fun twist to it, which I think is awesome. Right. I've uh, this year I've watched every Tampa game so far. Uh, except for the uh, game versus Detroit. I was busy that day. And so, you know, I went on, you know, whatever it was, SportsCenter, NHL, whatever YouTube one popped up first, and I would watch the highlights. Yeah. And I got this literally just from watching the highlights um, right before one of the goals, goals is scored. Um, you know, our guy's like breaking it out into the other end, and it just cuts in to this clip halfway through a conversation with the announcers where I can't remember both their names. I think one's Mickey Redmond, Redmond or something like that. But uh, they're talking and mm -hmm. he goes, you know, I don't know if, uh, uh, if Vasilevsky wasn't as good as he was, I don't think Tampa Bay would be even be that good. And then the other guy jumps in and is like, well, yeah, but the goalie's a member of the team. And it's yeah, and I'm like, like that's a big what the hell did team. I jump into? Like, what a bad take to be like, this team's only good because of their goalie. Like, yeah, we used a first round pick to draft a goalie when nobody else was willing to. Like, like Vegas wouldn't have won the cup it, without Hill last year. Pittsburgh very few good teams are going to be good without their goalies. Murray. Like, they, yeah. they're the guy who keeps it out of the net. Like, like St. Louis doesn't win their cup uh, if Bennington doesn't all of a sudden show up and be their savior. Pittsburgh doesn't go back to back if Matt Murray didn't step in and go God mode for tears. Vegas doesn't win um, with without Hill coming in, and even Colorado the year before they kept coming up short every year. And the one big thing they changed is they gave up a first round pick at the start of free agency before, well before the season, to go and get their goalie and Darcy Kemper, who ended up getting them uh, a cup. So like the goalie is a arguably the most important important part of the team yeah uh, and it's just it came off as such a 
as such a weird fan take like for a guy who's been around the sport for so long because i think he's been their announcer like probably well, 20 bitter years because detroit traded that first round pick to tampa bay that was detroit's yeah. own first round pick so probably bitter it's just that it, that could, it, it comes across guy. as like oh like a flames fan being like man we'd be better than the oilers if it wasn't for mcdavid it's like yeah probably but they have him like yeah like if I had wheels, I'd be a bicycle. Like it's it's just a very strange argument to be making. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of of that one. Just because, yeah, the goalie is such a big part of the team. So yeah, and yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe people are really not gonna like that I said that just because uh, every time there's like a fan vote on the best announcers in the league detroit's always number one people love those guys but yeah the they are very similar to tampa bays that they had before where it's the one young guy who's pretty good at his job and he calls the action and he's very good and then they have this old man yelling at clouds yeah because like yeah i i honestly can't remember their name the young guy's name but and he does a really good job in tampa but I'm I'm not going to sit here and defend Phil Esposito uh, being quiet and then randomly going, you gotta shoot the puck. Like, just go chill in yeah. the stands. You know? He, he's been around the org long enough. Give him season tickets and he can, he can go cheer with the rest of the fans. Like, that's fine. It's just when you're the announcers, yeah. you know, announce. Yeah. Before we, before we kind of hop into uh, wrapping up this episode, uh, I will say, in my opinion, probably the best announcers in the league. And if anyone disagrees with me, just go and listen to a game. And everything I say will make complete sense. But I, th- I honestly do think it is the New York Islanders. Um, just because, first of all, Brendan Burke, like he does so good at calling games. Like he's doing stuff with, I think, ESPN now as well. I think he covers some of their games and they get the, the big showtime and whatnot. Um, he does great. He just does such great goal calls in general and he's impartial. He's fair both ways, but it's also the fact that they have Butch Goring, who's, you know, an Islanders legend and he's, he's such a big homer for the Islanders. So he's kind of that side that is for the Islanders broadcast and he's a homer, but he's also not afraid to just rip that team apart and uh, call out when players make mistakes and whatnot. Like he, he's such a homer, but he's, he's, not afraid to rip apart the team and uh, call stuff out as he sees it. So it just creates a very fun dynamic for them. Um, I obviously do watch a lot of Islanders games, but I, if, if you watch those games, you can just see that they have such a good uh, broadcast team there. Yeah. Not yeah, and uh, Tom Hickey's with them now as well. So that's, that's also fun oh. as well. Nice. Um, did we want to do some of the quick guessing on just the top play, top uh, stats leaders in the league so far? Yeah, yeah, we can wrap it up, uh, wrap it up there with that. All so right. what we're doing is, uh, Braden's just going to name. Uh, I don't know. Are you just you're just naming categories of something? Yeah, I'll just name a category and, like. Don't even think about it long. Like, we'll spend literally, like, 20, 30 seconds on each category. And, like, just 
just rapid fire throw names at me, and I'll let you know if they're in the top five. Okay. Um, we'll start off with something. We'll start off with some of the easier ones. So, uh, current leaders in points. In points, uh, okay. Well, Dabrinka's got to be up there. Dabrinka's tied for first. Going. Okay. Uh, he was um, in first solely in first until tonight. Crosby. Uh, I am not seeing Crosby up here. McDavid. Actually, no, I don't think McDavid is. No, I believe McDavid has six. Okay, Drysidle. Uh, Drysidle is up here with seven. Pedersen should be up there. Pedersen is the guy tied with Debrinkit with eight. Okay, I was going to say. So they're like co one and one. Um, Austin Matthews. Matthews has six. Fuck, who doesn't even have an assist? Damn. No. Cheeks, what's going on? Um, oh, uh, McKinnon. No, shit, he wouldn't. Neither would McCarr. Uh, I don't even know. Jack Hughes. Actually, Hughes is probably in there. Uh, he also has six. Uh, Stutzel Fuck. has six. Kaprizov has six. Uh, Malkin has seven. Tavares has seven. Willie Nylander Malkin. has seven. Malkin, yeah. Damn, Nylander contract year. Yeah. He's going to play himself out of Toronto. All right, okay, so I got a couple there. Yeah, you got a, co- you got a couple of the higher-up ones there. I got kind of the layups. I uh, really hope my mute button properly worked there because I had to sneeze real quick. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear a sneeze, so no, you're good. <laughs> okay, good. You're good. All right, bring this What's, up. What else? What else? Uh, what, top, else? what else? What else? Top point scorers uh, for defensemen. Ooh, okay. Um, Hedman. Uh, Hedman is up there with five. Carlson. Uh, I'm only going to do the ones that are five or more points because that's the top seven. Uh, okay. Carlson is not on there. Um. Oh. Oh. Fuck. Uh. What's his name? What's his name on uh, Brady Shea? He's got to Bra- be up there. Brady Shea is number one. Number yeah, two to say. seven are all at five, and he has six. Yeah, he's dude, he's been nuts, man. Like, it started, like, halfway through last year, and he's just gone nuclear. Um, Heiskanen. Actually, no, fuck, I don't think he does. Actually, he might. Uh, no. Heiskanen has three. John Klingberg? Uh, is he no. Up there? No, shit. No, I'm not seeing him anywhere on here. Um, who else on defense? Can... Evan Bouchard? <laughs> no, he has four. I'll give you. I'll give you two more guesses, and then I'll just read them out. Uh, what am I doing? I'm trying to get guys with just the most points so far. How many? Seven. Or six. Uh, five. The They're uh, five points. Five or more. Oh, um. Oh. What's his name on Ottawa? Not Shabbat. You know who I'm talking about. 
I think I know who you're talking about. You know, you know who I'm talking about. The only other guy. Jacob okay, and not not no, not Chikrin. No, I was just gonna say not Jake Sanderson. <laughs> I was, I was trying Sanderson. to bait you with Chikrin. Yeah, Chikrin has Jake four. Sanderson. Jake Sanderson has five. Yeah, I was gonna say because I saw some that he was, uh, he was doing quite well. So uh, I I don't even know. Mate, no. Well, maybe I don't know. No, I was gonna say McAvoy, but. I remember looking at his fantasy stats the other day. And I was like, nah, he's having a rough go. Dude, don't look at his fantasy stats. Just trade for him. Dude, I've been fucking trying. Oh, uh, I'm just I'm just scrolling through teams, just trying to think of top defensemen on teams. I see San Jose's 32nd in the league right now. That's sick. Nice. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, uh, Sean Dersey. I think he's been doing well with the Coyotes. Uh no, he's got three. I know he's points got at least games though. Okay, I don't know. I'm I can't think of anyone else. I'll read them off for you. So we got uh, Brady Shea is the only guy with six points. He's in first, Beast. and then Beast. two to seven all have five. Jake Sanderson, Adam Fox, Vince Dunn, Shea oh, Theodore, awesome. Jacob Slavin, and Victor Hedman. Oh, Slavin does well. Actually, I think Slavin put up a couple against the Sharks the other night. Huh. Well, it's not a bad not a bad group to start out right now. It's nice to see Cal McCarr not in there for, for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give you a lot less time with there. this one, just because there's only three guys who even have one. So okay. if you don't get them, like, there's only freaking three of them, right? Um, the three defensemen so far with shorthanded goals. Defenseman with short-handed goals. Yeah. Um, Did you maybe hear about any of these, or is this totally in the dark? Radko Gudis is in ninth. He's tied with a lot of people at zero, but it's got him at ninth, so that's good. I don't even think I've heard of one of these guys. Or at least I haven't heard his name in a long time. I am just trying to think of even one. Oh, Slavin must have, didn't he? Slavin has two. He has two. The other two guys both have only one. Slavin somehow already has two shorthanded goals. Yeah, because I, I, I think he got one against the Sharks. Well, he did get one against the Sharks. He's a unit. He's shooting 16.7%. Um, People call him defensive. Uh, I, I, I don't even know who else. One of, them's, one of them's on Calgary. I'll give you one guess with that hint. Oh, Rasmus Anderson. Yeah, Rasmus Anderson has one. one. I watched and the one. other... The other guy is Sean Walker with Philadelphia. Oh, Sean Walker. Yeah, he just got that today. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got, gotten Walker. But now that you say that, I do remember, like, yeah, I did see that he, he got one today. But... And then, yeah, the Anderson one, I, I did watch it happen. I just totally forgot that that one was a shorty. It was a nice right. goal, though. It was a very nice goal. Yeah. Uh, leader in goals. Okay, well, obviously just, Austin Matthews. Just, obviously Matthews has to be there. So Austin Matthews has six. He's yeah. the only guy with six. 
But there's two guys with five and a couple guys with four. I'm pretty sure I know the two guys with five. Let me hear them. Brock Besser. Brock Besser's one of them. And then I'm pretty sure Debrinkit's the other one. I'm pretty sure he's at five now after today. Yep, he's the other one. Yesterday, whatever he played. Can't remember. Might have been today. Yeah. Yeah, he's been a beast for Detroit. He's looking very good with them right now. Which he's the exact player that Detroit needed. So yeah, good for them for actually like pulling the trigger and making a big trade to get the guy that they they really need moving forward now with the pieces that they already have. Like they have they've the exact same player twice, dude. You have JT Confer and Andrew Cobb. It's the same guy. You've got two of them. But it's a like, good guy. You to got have. you got balls to the wall and go all out. Oh, I don't. I don't agree. I, it's a great, great guy to have, and you have two of them. <laughs> Say less. Uh, it's, anyways, it's absolutely goofy that uh, on our first line, Kucherov and Hagel both have four goals already, and Point hasn't scored a goal yet. How many assists? I mean, I'm going to sort league wide by assists because he's up there. Yeah, he's, he's got he five assists. Territory. Ooh. He's not a bust territory yet. He's still got time. He's fifth in the league in assists. So he's back to being a playmaker, I guess. All right, you got any more categories you want to roll through? Yeah, let's, uh, let's sort by all players. Two more. Two more, and then we can skedaddle out of here. Oh fuck, that's this one's really this one's really hard, but it's pretty funny. Okay, all right. Name the two players who have a hundred percent shooting percentage so far this oh, year. Fuck. Um, they're both they're both units. Would I know these players? You definitely know one of them. The other one rings a bell. I'm Googling why. Because I'm pretty sure it's like a goofy reason. Okay. Um... Shooting percentage. Then, like this season, yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> All right, one of these guys is. I don't even know. Uh, you would not expect him here at all. You would expect it if you were to sort by hits. Who's a guy with a lot of hits? At... A fuck ton of hits. And his best friend hits even more than him. His best friend. Like, unless I'm mistaken, this guy's like top five in hits every year. Hey. Um. Ryan Reese hasn't scored. Matt Martin hasn't scored. Cal Clutterbuck hasn't scored. 
Um, okay, hold him up. I'm gonna look him up. You're, I don't think you're, na- you're naming all his best friends. Casey Sezikis doesn't have a goal. It is one of them is Casey Sezikis. Sezikis has a goal. Yep. One goal, oh. one shot. Well, fuck. Good for him. I didn't think I was gonna get one. And then the I other guy. The other guy, famously in the uh, Marion Hosa trade. What team is he on right now? Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. That would be... Connor Murphy. Is not Connor Murphy. It's not Connor Murphy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> who you're never, I'll just tell you, you're never going to get Mackenzie Entwistle. Oh, fuck. I know Entwistle, though, because I think that's a sick name. But yeah, I would have never guessed it. I, I'm trying to figure out what he did, where he's, <laughs> like, uh, why I know that name. Um, he might have been involved in one of the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury trades or something like that. Like, he was like, he was like oh, the yeah. throw-in piece to uh, some stupid trade like that i'm pretty sure dude i'm just happy i got one of those right because you said like the only guys i could think of i'm like hey well, i know reeves doesn't have a goal because leafs media would never shut up about it and i knew cal clutterbuck and matt martin didn't and i was like how the fuck are they friends with marcus Foligno? But I don't think Marcus Foligno has a goal this year, now that I'm thinking about it. Probably not. Damn, I don't when did I don't know when Sezikis got his his goal. Like Islanders have only Islanders have only played, I think, what, two or three games. Maybe they've only played two. Uh, Sezikis has only played two. I don't know if so, he's yeah. been in all of them, but he's yeah, only no. played. So they they've only played so that like season's been going on for what, twelve days now? 11, 12 days. Islanders have only played two games. Damn. Yeah, they have. Only two. Jeez. They're starving them out on Long Island. Yeah, fuck. Uh, I just want to shout out uh, how freaking good Tanner Janot has legitimately been so far this season. He's good. I he's, started to think he's got it, it like might two be two fights, won both of them, 12 hits, a goal, and two assists for three yeah, points on, in hold, four hold games. On, hold on. Hold on. Not only did he win one of those fights, that was damn near murder. He mugged that man. Ruined him. I don't even know who he fought, but damn. Are you talking about the one in Buffalo or tonight? Uh, Against Vancouver. I don't know. The one where he caught that wicked uppercut. (laughs) Oh, that was the the one in Buffalo, I'm pretty sure. Just just mugged him. See, so I'm very excited because if we get... And I'm really hoping we get it for a third time. We get a Toronto Tampa no. series because watching Reeves and Janot, man, like. If we if play them, get, I really hope like they dress spin. Reeves so that we can have free goals because yeah, like, dude is a pylon. That, that series just is, so, is set to be so exciting now with the way both teams are. And they're in a, I mean, they've each won a series. So going third time, like I'm, I'm all for that. I think that would be awesome. 
but oh, but I'm sick of seeing these guys in the first round. I want to want to face somebody else. That's what I'm thinking. I think if anything, it's probably going to be a second round matchup, which would be a little yeah. more exciting. I was going to say, because I'm totally fine playing them again. I just don't want it to just, be a first round matchup again because yeah. it's been a great series both times and it deserves to be second or third round. Because I think Toronto probably does win the Atlantic division. Yeah. And then I think Tampa probably is second and then third is is wide open. Um, so, but I, I think it, the, the table could be set and that could be a very, very fun uh, second round matchup, and then probably on the other end, you probably got like a Carolina, New Jersey again. Like, whew. yeah, wouldn't want to miss I those hope, games. I hope we can get. Uh, I hope we can make it up to second in the Atlantic. The freaking Sens look good. Holy crap! I'm yeah, but again, early in the season. It's early. It's early, but damn, they looked good. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, you know, even if you seek in third, I think probably in a series, I think Tampa would still take that one. Especially once Vassy's back and fully healthy and Tampa's This is the gone. longest off time he's had in five years. And then like, you just think of all the experience Tampa has, really none on Ottawa. I think Tampa, I think it's like good for Ottawa for getting back in the playoffs, but I think they got to get into the playoffs and then face that harsh reality before they can... Uh, before they can really start kind of stapling themselves as a regular playoff team for the next yeah, 12 years or so, probably with that core. All right, one more category, and then we'll get out of here. All right, we, we didn't do any goaltender ones, so let's, uh, let's take a look at the goalies. All right. Let's... Um... Yeah, let's just do save percentage. Um, save percentage. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick out the goalies that are like I'm gonna like manually sort this by minimum two games played, just okay. so we're not getting the goalies who played a single game. But uh, yeah, just top in save percentage. Okay, um, Sorokin should be up there. Uh, he's up there. He's got. Uh, Two games, two wins. 9.52. Fuck, how many guys are higher than that? Uh, one, two, three, four. Four that have played more than two games, and there's three that I'm ignoring. Who only yeah. played the one? Um, Allmark should be up there. Uh, Ulmark is also at a 9.52, but he has only played one game. Well, he's got to have more than one game played. Nope. He's only played one so far. Also, they probably haven't updated, uh... Is this not updated for tonight? It's probably not updated from the games today, yeah. But I don't think they, I like, the way he... I mean, his stats tonight wouldn't affect it. Because I think he even put up better than... Yeah, he put up a 9.63 tonight, so... So I think it would have just went up. Um, Georgiev there we probably. Go. I'm on the NHL website now, and they've got updated stats. I think Georgiev's got to be up ESPN. there. Georgiev's number one, 958. 958. 3-0. Damn. Um, I, uh, it was another 
Do you want Aiden Hill? Aiden Hill's number two. Number two. 951. Um, this is sorting by wins and save percentage. What the fuck? Jake Ottinger? Maybe up there? I don't know. Uh, he's up there. How about 943? Oh, cool. Okay, I'm not pretty solid. Uh, Elvis Mers Lincoln was at a 950. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, right? With Columbus. Okay. That's that's good that they're getting some goaltending already. Because, again, I think that was kind of a big issue with them is, I mean, their forecourt is juice. Their defense is good if Wenske can stay healthy. And so if they can get good goaltending, that, that can also be a uh, little bit of a dark horse team, I think, over in the Metro. Yeah. So good, good for them. Who do you think is first for shots against? I know who that is. It is uh, Johansson on Tampa Bay. Jonas Johansson. This is when we need Bassie back. Pretty high up there after two games. He's probably faced 90 to 100 shots. Uh, He's played four games and faced 132 shots. Blackwood? Oh, sorry. I thought you were still talking about Johansson. Blackwood is... Yeah, Blackwood, uh, two games... And 94 shots. Yeah, that's that Sharks hockey, baby. <laughs> Poor guy. That's, might might help him out in the long run. Poor chap. You know, the, all I can take away from that is the fact that I actually managed to get Casey Sezikis, so I'd say I did pretty pretty solid overall. Oh, yeah. That was sick. Um, With that being said, do you have anything you want to... Uh, say before I hit everyone with a juicy plug and outro. Oh, you know I love a juicy plug. Um, no, not really. I guess just that uh, we'll probably try start trying to get uh, the second kind of bonus episodes out on a I don't know maybe a Monday or a su- Sunday most likely, but whenever else we get around to those. Yeah, we just really need the season to get juiced up and going. We're we're still hitting so that it, low. It like, started, but like like you said, the Islanders played two games. Like there's there's some stuff that's just like well, not and like quite happening yet. Before I get to the juicy plugs, just because I think it's just barbaric, but it's like so the season started Tuesday of last week, right? Yeah, it started first day only featured three games, which I get. It was all ESPN. They got. The you know the afternoon the early afternoon game then the mid mid afternoon and then the evening game the, the the fourth night a Friday they only have two games both of which took place at over on the east coast so they were early games there was no evening games Sunday uh, only two games uh, Wednesday of this week only two games tomorrow Friday only two games. Sunday, again, only two games. And then Monday, one game. And then Wednesday, only one game. Like, the scheduling is just fucking abysmal to start the season off. Yeah, no wonder so many teams are in, like, if games got get canceled like they were uh, a couple years ago. No wonder it's such a rush to try and make those games up. Because, like, they yeah. don't get them in early. And I and I continued scrolling for like another two weeks from that point on. 
there's still like another four or five days that consist of two games right at the exact same time or one game. Like it's the scheduling has been just very bad to start the season. Like within the first two weeks, we should not be having one day where it's just one game played or two games in that day. And they both start at the exact same time and end at the same time. So you, you just like, it's, it's just very bad scheduling right now. Like when you've got 32 teams, you should be able to at least have six games yeah. or not, or even four. Like you should be able to at least have, okay, you've got a, an East game, kind of a central one, and then one over on the West Coast type of thing. Like from, you know, whatever you want to say from our time, which is when the Eastern games start five o'clock, you should be able to have games rolling from five and end at like 11 when the, the West Coast games end or something. Yeah. Like you should uh, be able to have... I don't know why they're not, honestly. It's it, it's tough. It sucks just because it's... I mean, even if, you know, it's a game I don't care about, like the Anaheim and Carolina game, I think it was it happened the other night. Like, I don't really care for either team that much, but it's, you know, it's a late evening, nothing to do, flip on a game and just, you know, watch some hockey and whatnot and not be able to do that because, like, oh, there's only two games and they both happened early in the day. It's like... When you've got that amount of teams, I feel like you should be able to pump out good schedules where you've got lots lots of hockey. And if you've only got one game on on the West Coast at late, you're probably going to get lots of ratings and views on it if that's your only game on. So, yeah. But um, aside from all that, that shit, yeah, you, you make a good point that we'll probably uh, start to kind of pump out those midweek or early week um episodes on the side just kind of as more stuff starts to happen in the league we just really haven't had much to uh to cover but i'm sure we're gonna have no no shortage of that in due time yeah, as um, soon as a so- couple more of those you know storylines get going and you know you can start seeing uh things take shape a bit more then there'll be a good bit more yeah exactly um yeah so thank you to everybody uh for listening to another episode of the stick em up podcast um we are over on twitter slash x and instagram uh we aren't putting much on there right now i'm sure we will at some point um so if you want to be around for whenever that happens and it's more ways to interact with us feel free to give us a follow on both those platforms, um, the same handle on both the letters S E U and then hockey. So S E U hockey, stick them up. Uh, you can find us over there. Um, again, you can always message us, tag us and stuff, uh, comment all that. Feel free to engage with us. Um, throw questions you have at us. I'm sure one of us will get around to answering those and whatnot. Um, yeah. So if yeah. you want to, if you want to just like, comment comment on any of our you know tweets or something dm us and just like hey you should be talking about this or if you even just want to yell at us for our bad opinions like we're here for it all like oh because we have lots of bad opinions oh yeah those are missing the playoffs it's crazy if people don't tell me it's a bad opinion then i won't know it's a bad opinion and i'm just gonna keep saying it yeah exactly um but yeah thank you to everybody for listening 
Uh, make sure to come back every now and then uh, because we will be throwing out random episodes here and there as stuff happens. And we will catch you in the next one.